Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is Mediargnalysis, the show where we do media analysis on stuff that has an arg or is adjacent to an arg, uh, and we'll come up with a better name for it sometime soon. How are you doing today, Marn? I'm pretty good. Uh, today we're talking about The Institute. Yeah, The Institute. Uh, a documentary from 2013 about the Jejun Institute. Yeah. Mostly. Which you may have heard of in the episode that we just put out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're covering it this week because we just finished up uh, talking about the new Newology Network. Um, I will say that I think that a lot of these episodes we can do if you just re- vaguely remember. You know, I've seen The Dark Knight before. Uh, that one's fine. I would say you should probably watch this movie before listening to this episode. Would you agree? Yes. And I don't want to get too deep into it. Uh, but there is a, it's almost impossible for us to talk about this documentary without giving away a major part about it. Yeah. So, so uh, for real, if you want to watch this, if you haven't watched it yet, pause this right now and go find it and watch it. Actually, you know, we're, we know you're lazy. We're going to wait 92 minutes and then we're going to start talking about the Institute. <laughs> so uh, you go ahead and pop that in. We'll give you 93 so you can find it. It's on Amazon. I don't know how long to let this bit go on. I don't know how long I'm going to keep it in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I felt like we were kind of playing a game of chicken there. Yeah, I was just like, oh, but I can't be the first one to talk. Shit, I guess we will wait 92 minutes. Sorry, Sam, we got to cancel our plans tonight. I need to sit silently in front of a microphone. <laughs> we both just get up and do something else for 90 minutes. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Now that you've seen the Institute, uh, boy, what a ride, huh? Yeah. <laughs> How do we even start talking about the Institute? Oh, boy. I mean, I this is a weird one because we have to talk about, like, the arc of the ARG. So this mm-hmm. is basically us making our episode on the ARG. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, as I was piecing through, I was like, we can't do just like a plot summary of the documentary, because a documentary is already a plot summary. And at that point, we're just making Argonauts for the Jejun Institute. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like, the thing is that this is like the best primary source that exists on the actual ARG. So like, Mm -hmm. once you've seen the documentary and talked about it, like, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I I am I'm I'm curious how much Not to say how much this documentary can be trusted as a primary source. Well, but true. Because of the way that they You know what? We already we already gave people 90 minutes to watch the movie. Because of the way that they blend in both giving a player first experience of the game with a in fiction here's what happened mm-hmm. kind of plot first recitation of the game it's very hard to know like where that line is drawn that's true Which is I, the I suppose point of the movie but like um it's yeah <laughs> for anyone that didn't just watch the movie cuz you're lazy uh 
this is a documentary that goes through chronologically and details the basic game running of the Jejun Institute. But the angle that it is uh, documented from is not... They, they talk a little bit to the game designers, but it is not a here's how we designed it as much as it is a here's a timeline of the game and how it happened. But they also report on the fictionalized elements of the game as if they are real. Yeah. So the documentary takes time to talk about Eva, a character from the game. It takes time to interview um, some people who are clearly... Um, in, if you were playing the game as an ARG, the people that are talking to are clearly like plot points that happened that are pretending to be a player or pretending to be a um, a researcher who found some stuff, things like that. And it presents those people as if they are real players in the game, too. Yeah, I mean, like they, 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 they interview basically NPCs in the game who like the players interacted with and they treat them as though they were also real parts of the game outside of like the plot yes instead of doing the instead of doing our thing where we talk to people and say and then how did you come up with this character they just interview that character or say it's a shame that we never found eva yeah and then also like some of the stuff they say about the end of the game and the people involved in it is fictionalized Yes, I kind of noticed that. Are you talking about tech bro guy from the end? Yes. Okay, I wanted to get to him because I have no idea what to make about the end of this movie. It's one of those things where, um, not to reveal my hand on my thoughts about the movie too early, um, the introduction of him and the way that they brought him in um kind of shadow and put a doubt on the rest of the documentary Mm -hmm. not as a whole but in a way that makes me unclear on what i'm supposed to take out of it or how much of it i'm supposed to trust yeah and like so that guy is like real he's like a real person but i think he's playing just like a fictionalized version of himself basically okay um that checks out and i was also kind of wondering how much I should trust the documentary's depiction of the main game director. I think Jeff is his name. Yeah, Jeff Hull. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I trust their depiction of him um, because he was also very involved in the production of Dispatches from Elsewhere. Okay. And like, I don't know, I, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that he says about his game design philosophy in the documentary is true. Gotcha. Okay. I believe it then. It just, it's a very, it's one, it's a thing where like a documentary is like, here, we're going to lay out like, all documentaries are fictionalized to some degree by the nature of the fact that they are people talking to cameras about their experiences. Yeah. Um, but so like when it's like, and then we're going to lie to the camera about our experiences in one <laughs> element, it shades the experience on the rest of the elements, which lead to me to be uh, kind of concerned. Also in the fact that um, the director of the movie or the producer of the movie is also someone that's interviewed in the movie and they don't mention that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just recognized the name. And so... I was like, well, if we're not going to draw attention to the fact, am I supposed to trust them as the director or as do I know that they're a game designer? Because I 
kind of know the history of this game and this documentary a little bit, or what am I supposed to take from this at face value? Yeah. I mean, I, I've read other like interviews with Jeff Hall where he talks about like his art and like game design philosophy. And I feel like a lot of the stuff he says about the Shijun Institute in the, in the documentary lines up with it. So there's that at least. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. Um, do we want to just go through a kind of overview of what happened in the Jejun Institute? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I wish I had taken better notes in that case. Um, <laughs> so apparently the way, the way that the movie frames it, and there might be something that led to this before then, but the way that this is framed in the movie is um, that the Jejun Institute started with a bunch of uh, flyers that were planted all around San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think primarily in the financial district as I'm saying this. Um, but they were very weird, uh, w- weird uh, flyers. Like um, one that was looking for people for a volunteer for studies on human force fields. Uh, one that was looking to um, help people communicate with dolphins. Um you know, do you want to record your brain and play back your memories? Uh, contact us at the Jejun Institute. And players would call into the Jejun Institute and be told, hey, great, uh, we've scheduled you an appointment for induction. Uh, you should come here at this date at this time, and we'll get you inducted. Uh, and they say, great. And they go to a building, and when they ask security, hey, I'm here for the Jejun Institute, uh, the guy hands them a key with... Uh, some instructions on it and says, you know, hey, go up to the 17th floor or whatever. And if they look at the key, it's got like directions that say like, turn left and go down that hallway, then turn right, take that one, go through the door, you know, go through the blue door or whatever um, to like lead people through this office into a room where they watch a video and get introduced to the Jejun Institute. Um, A extra-worldly, maybe occult organization dedicated to studying divine nonchalance and developing a thing that they call the algorithm, which they can use with the machine to perfect human life or something like that. Um, all sorts of wild out there stuff. And then the video says, if you're interested in, uh, in joining us, uh, take one of those uh, cards and the thing to your left and uh, fill it out and we'll have our people get a hold of you. And when the players open that drawer to find the cards inside, there's like a secret other message that says, hey, don't fill out the card and give it to them. I need you to follow these instructions. Um, and from there, they basically like walk out the building through the back exit to avoid security, quote unquote, and are sent on a... Um, not a wild goose chase, but a, a a a dedicated tour almost of San Francisco to look at a bunch of different um, monuments and landmarks and find other clues and stuff in the real world. Yeah, they go on like an extended scavenger hunt, I think they call it. That's the word I was looking for. That's a much nicer way of putting a goose chase is a scavenger hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I have to say, we are one event in, 
And this is the single dopest ARG I've ever heard of. I know! I'm so... I wish that I had gotten to play the Jejun Institute. Uh, This is a very cool thing. Just from, like, I wish I could do something like this. But, like, the logistics of step one is, like, rent a room in an office building. And I'm like, well, I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) I know. So this, this might be getting a little bit ahead of us. But I know they tried to do another, like, big... Arg after the Jejun Institute, and it kind of failed because there wasn't enough like interest in it, I guess, or they like didn't have enough money. Um, but they also made a documentary about that that I haven't watched yet. Okay. Um. Yeah, I know. So I know that uh, by the end of this part of the reason that they had to end the game was just like, we don't have any money for this anymore. So I'm curious. One thing that I, 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 while I like the documentary's approach to talking about the game, I really wish that they had gone one step above everything and given a broader overview of like how the game was designed, who did it, you know, they get into the why of it in an, just in a straight up art form way of we wanted to make art. But I wish that they had gone a bit deeper into, you know, who did it? How did they do it? Why did they do it? Um, and gotten into that. Because uh, I would love to know what the backstory behind all of this was. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I'm... Shocker. I co-host <laughs> a podcast about breaking down the um, <laughs> args and looking at what makes them tick. Um, I want to know. I want to break this one down. Shocker. But I, I, I just wish that there had been a little bit more... Of that element of things, rather than just telling us straight up, here's the plot of the Jejun Institute. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that the the idea of using uh, this kind of, you know, it's it's very fun getting into this very analog, very real world ARG especially compared to a lot of the more digital ones that we have covered on the show. Um, I, I'm desperate to do some kind of experience like that. Yeah. I miss, I miss people, places and things. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. This is the kind of thing where like, um, I, I, I feel like you read about them a lot in kind of fictionalized ARGs about events like this that take place in that kind of an ideal. And to the point where I, uh, I watched the first episode of dispatches from elsewhere after watching this documentary. And I was amazed by both how much of it, um, you know, mirrored the Jejun Institute directly, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. It's what they were basing it off of, but also um, how much of it, feels less believable in fiction to the point where I was like, damn, I can't even believe that this happened in the real world. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Early aughts args were like that sometimes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a bit of like, uh, not to sound the way that I'm about to sound, but like there's a bit of a like, man, people made cool outsider art. And then corporations were like, we could do something like that, too. But we got to start cutting costs. 
Yeah. And that leads to like, and that kind of shaped our culture into where we kind of get into today. I'm sure that I am vastly overstating it and like really diminishing the work of a lot of people. And I don't mean it to come off in an insulting way like that, but like, I do kind of wonder at what, in what ways that kind of shapes the ways that major ARGs as a whole spreads out like this, because according to the film, 10,000 people played the Institute or at least were activated. I don't know if they all had, well, actually this game took place over three years. So in that time, maybe you can get all of those people in for 10,000 players, but at the same time, that means you got to pay for an office building for three years. Yeah. I think, I think I remember reading that like they're the, the like arg that they tried to do after the Jejun Institute failed. Cause they like tried to monetize parts of it to their players because yeah. it was like so large that they like needed to, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, don't you? Like <laughs> Yeah. Which is like I, I, I think inevitably where you run into trouble with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's part of this um part of this opening that really feels like uh and maybe it's just that I, I, I really see here's the thing. I wish I knew more about Jeff Hall going into or Jeff Hall going into this because I feel like I have to speculate about a person I just watched a documentary about, which is not where a documentary I to me, I feel like a documentary shouldn't leave me speculating on how something happened. Um it but it really feels like it was something like, well, you know, I, I had this office space that we were already renting and we had an extra room that we you know, an extra couple of rooms that we didn't use. And we're building all this other stuff. And I thought, what if we use this room to do, um, you know, to do this induction thing? And we can, like, lay out a plan to where, like, people can go into this room without really bothering our day-to-day operations. And that'll make us seem more legitimate if it's in an actual office building. Um, and, And maybe it was just something as simple as that of we already had the business space lined up so we could convert a room in the same way that, like, if you go into a an escape room place, they've just got like big put together rooms. You know, we figured, what if we take an office space, turn that into a an escape room start room in big air quotes, and then make a game from there? Um, something like that could work out much more than something like me, where I'm like, great, I have my apartment, and uh, we're gonna kick out my roommate, and her bedroom is gonna be turned into a ARG start point. And people are going to sneak into my house and go upstairs. And I hope they go into that room and not my bedroom. Um, and then they kick off the game. Like, it just doesn't work on my level of things. But maybe it does if you're already working with a company or have that kind of relationship set up. Yeah. It's just so cool. that I want to. That's the big thing behind it all. This is super dope. And I want to be able to do it myself. And this mm. seems super cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I like, I re- like I said, I really like a lot of the like game design philosophy they talk about towards the beginning of this, and like helping like adults find places to like play and develop kind of that like childlike mm-hmm. sense of play. Yeah, I I will I will say the biggest thing I walked away from this with a, and also talking about um. The, the new Nuology Network, the biggest thing that I walked away from these with was, like, a deep desire and, like, like a desire for elsewhere and a strong feeling toward divine nonchalance. 
like I realize that I'm coming to it from like secondary sources, so I probably don't have it all down, but like I get what they're putting down artistically and I really like it. Um, and it's a yeah, shame that there same. isn't more of this. And I would love to get, I would love to get more involved in something like this. I mean, there kind of is, like I said, there's like an arg that followed new newology network. And they also, um, the, like the people who do nonchalance are putting out a podcast question mark. Uh, okay. That I think, starts like in february or something that i think they've said isn't gonna have arg elements but like i don't know that could be fake (laughs) (laughs) there's there's no easy way to tell people i swear to god i'm not doing an arg yeah there's no believable way of doing it (laughs) um so people went on this big journey. They traveled around. They found stuff in the city. They learned about Eva and people who are um, looking for her. She apparently went missing. Um, I think that she got turned into Clara in Dispatches from Elsewhere into Neutology. Yes. Is that the right read that I'm getting on things? That she, Ava and Clara are basically the same person? Yeah, they're the same character pretty much. Okay. Um. And then from there, we get to I'm trying to remember. I watched this yesterday. Um, so from there, players were eventually reconvened together um, to do a like protest at mm-hmm. the Jejun Institute. Um, the documentary pitches it as they had one guy who was accidentally handed control over this. But that was definitely a plant, right? Maybe. I'm not That's super the... sure. It seems likely, though. <laughs> That's the thing about this documentary that frustrates me. Sorry for talking over you like that. I I just want... I want to know. You know? Yeah. But they wanted to make a documentary that was more playful. And I get that. But I don't want playfulness. Playfulness can go get fucked. <laughs> I want to know. Tell me about your game. I'm so interested in the design and everything that you're putting together. Tell me about it. <laughs> Put your playfulness aside and tell me about your game about how playfulness needs to exist in the real world. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so they all lead a protest against the Jejun Institute. Um, eventually they drive off. Um, oh, what is his name? Octavio. Uh, Octavio, uh, Octavio Coleman. Coleman uh, Esquire, who is the the head of the Jejun Institute. Um and then from there, some weirdness happens where people are investigating Clara and trying to find her, and someone finds a book of hers in a bookshop. So, someone who is clearly a character in the ARG rather than a player um, finds some information and in an old book of Ava's. Um, drawings and writings and stuff like that well the way the way they get there is that the actual players find like an audio tour that is like supposedly made by like a younger clara and her mother right and then it ends at that bookshop right okay which is like the the audio tour is really just like kind of 
fleshes out the universe. Like it talks about like the pirate radio broadcasts that happen uh, from like the Elsewhere Society uh, and just like other people who exist in this world. Um, but then it ends at the bookstore and then they bring on like someone who seems like a player at first, but then like very obviously becomes an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that's right. They also, before that, um, they got called to go to a, uh, a payphone um, in the middle of uh, like the city. And uh, oh yeah, a really cool thing where they were like, here's the deal. You're at this payphone. I need you to go to that other payphone down there. And like got sent on a chase through payphones and then the last one was like, great, I need you to do physical jamming so that we can jam their signals. I need you to dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, what? And they are like, dance. We need you to physically jam their signals. Start dancing. And then the person would start dancing. And they had camera set up so you could see the players dancing. Um, and then as they're doing that, like a group, like a hip hop dance group came out and started dancing along with them. And then the squatch came out and uh, came out and started dancing with them too. Um, and then handed them like a letter afterwards or, or some, some. Oh yeah. Yeah. That forward. was how they, I think that was how they got the audio, like the CD for the audio tour. If I remember okay. correctly. It, it seems like the, this game was built around like giving four, like, I'm trying to think of the right wording for this. This game was in like twenty, like two thousand seven ish. Is when this started. Am I remembering right? I believe so. Um, and it was it was, it seems like this game. Their primary mechanic was, um, like a couple of individualized experiences, uh, almost like improv everywhere or flash mob style things. Where, you know, the first one is when you call this number, someone sets up a fake appointment for you to go and do this, uh, this induction ceremony. And then you're traveling around the city and finding new stuff. Yeah. And then later they like reactivate you for coming out to doing this, you know, to do this protest of the Zhejiang Institute. Now that you, because you got to the end of the scavenger hunt and found the like pirate radio station and called in or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever their data collection version for that was. Um, and then after that, it was, we were going to re reactivate people and tell them to go to the, you know, to go to this payphone. And I assume that they, they had footage of multiple people doing it. So I, I, I am, it doesn't seem like there was a strong, like, online contingency of players playing along in the same way that we know of ARGs kind of doing now where you'll have an event that happens at a a con and then the people that were involved in that event go back and they post you know we went to the convention here's what we found you know there's there's probably a puzzle in here who knows what's going to happen next Um, rather than it being that big kind of collaborative thing it seems like this was more built around a communal exp- or like an individualized community experience if that makes any sense of we're going to like roll out and have players do this event over and over again um so that they get their version of this experience happening and who knows how many people that you know got activated for these individual things but that's kind of how it seems happened 
Yeah. Which is very cool and not something that a lot of like contemporary arcs do. Like there's a there's a thing in I pretty close to the beginning of this where uh, one of the actual players is talking about that they were scared that they would like find out at any moment that they were like being advertised to, or they uh-huh. were like almost expecting it. Yeah, it was neat that that guy was just like, yeah. At any point, I was expecting to turn a corner and for someone to say, "You should buy Reese's." Yeah, it was the specific. And now that I'm repeating the specific thing you said in the documentary, I'm now advertising for Reese's. So you got me there, <laughs> Jejun Institute. But I think that's so interesting that, like, a lot of people have trouble conceiving of that kind of individualized experience as just, like, for experience's sake and, like, not because someone is trying to sell you something. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's kind of the whole point of this game was, like, we're going to do this experience for experience's sake and show you, like, you know, you, you, you build a, a game around an audio tour of a city because you want people to see the city. Um, same with the, you know, the, the first like scavenger hunt thing of like, let's show these cool places you can find just outside your door in San Francisco. Um, you know, I I think part of the reason that like, part of the reason that I I don't log into a computer in 2007 and go to help my friends track the June Institute game is because I don't live in San Francisco. So there's nothing in it for me. Um, just because like, it is a very localized game. With, and very individualized in that way. And that's something we don't really see. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I also think that, like, nowadays, the only time that you see, like, uh, those kind of weird individualized experiences like that are in commercials for car companies or whatever, where it's like, you know, this commercial for this car is that we're going to have a guy go into a, a f- focus group and weird stuff happens, and in the end, it's like, surprise, Ford is the best car here. Um, that's the only time that we even see this kind of individualized thing, especially if you're not paying for it. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's very interesting. I wish I wish that there were more indie args that could do that kind of individualized experience, but I feel like it's become harder... Yeah, I I would want to know where and and part of it is um to do something like this you need money like you you need some kind of funding to run something like this and I'm curious where that money came from and it's I know in dispatches from elsewhere um there's one character that's like yeah I'm just waiting for to figure out who's doing this because you don't you don't spend money without expecting to make money back um. Then Jason Siegel goes, well, I mean, I pay for cable. I don't expect money to make money there. And she's like, I mean, you got me there, but like, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I want more stuff like this to exist. And it's, 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 it's obviously it's a shame it can't right now, but like, I, I want, <laughs> I want more of this to exist in the real world too. And if it does exist in the real world, tell me about it. Someone <laughs> shoot me a message. The first time I watched this, I was like, oh, man, I wish more, like, game designers would learn about kind of this, like, philosophy of play and, like, the idea of elsewhere and divine nonchalance because I feel like they could do very cool stuff with similar things. Uh Uh-huh. If that makes any sense at all. (laughs) 
I completely agree. Yeah. I know what you mean. I think it kind of ties back to the thing that we talk about a lot, which is that like a lot of modern or like more contemporary args are very like dark in tone and like horror and like espionage focused, but they don't have to be like that. <laughs> yeah. And like I, this yeah. one wasn't and it was awesome. Well, yeah, like the some of the plot stuff is kind of dark, but it's it's dark in the like the same way that all capitalism is dark. Where yeah. it's like, yeah, there's a company trying to tap into an energy source that like should be free to the people of like this nonchalance and it should be this human experience shouldn't be utilized by one group, it should be for all of us. Um, yeah. And like they do like there's like tension and like spooky stuff that happens, but Mhm. It, I wouldn't call it like a horror game. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's, and but like the gameplay mechanics are you go out on a walking tour of your city with your friends. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm we're we're about to talk about it. Uh, they they did go into the sewers. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're now that we talked about it, let's talk about the kidnapping. Yeah. Uh, so a player gets kidnapped. No. Um. Uh, we should point out that in this documentary, they they interview, quote unquote, a player, quote unquote, who was injured af- like by Jejun thugs after after one of the event. I don't know if it was the um, the like after the tour or if it was after the protest and demonstration thing. But like they reference a player who doesn't want their name to be known and who got injured doing stuff. Oh, yeah. And to the point that like. Jeff Hull is in the documentary talking about like, I didn't hear about anything with this till after the fact. And I, you know, I'm sad that anyone would get injured playing our game, but we were here to have a good time. Some people thought that the June went deeper than it did. Um, and that was just, a, it's a weird documentary decision to make. I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about it. I'm I just like, don't think. Okay. Because, because of the stuff that happens at the end, I'm like almost certain that that was an NPC and not like a real player. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I do know that it's an NPC. I just, I feel like it's a weird point to hang on in the documentary of like players did get hurt doing this fun. Yeah, game. I it's agree. Like, okay, because no one else mentions it, it never happens again. And part of that might just be me going into this knowing that there's a twist to it, kind of. Yeah. That I'm just like, okay, so this isn't real as I was watching. <laughs> Maybe it's just that that experience that I'm taking into it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of inclined to agree with you on on that specific part. Uh, but then they go into the sewers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh... So the, the the fake player who found Eva's book or hold, I guess I guess I'm trying to I'm I'm mixing up I guess all the players found Eva's book that went on the walking tour. Right? Yeah. I okay. I think so. I think that's the implication at least. Okay. I'm piecing that together now. Um So then then not the guy that went on the walking tour and found the book, but uh there's a player who um, apparently broke into Eva's dad's house into the basement and yeah he like he found talks about stuff. he talks about how he like did a bunch of research into Eva and like he 
he like got information out of his like partner who is a police officer um and found eva's father's house and like eva's father was a researcher for the jejun institute and so he breaks into the house and like goes down to the basement right and then he ends up getting kidnapped or Uh, something he ends up like he i think he like goes through a door in the basement and like ends up in this like weird underground tunnel system Okay, and then other then actual players get tasked with going into the sewer system where they find him like in a wall. Like yeah. he was in in like a a it wasn't just like we turned a corner and there he was. It was like he was in a hole in the side of a thing. It was very gross. Okay. Both times I watched this, this was insane to me. Like, I need to talk about the fact that the people who ran this game had their players go into an actual (laughs) real-life sewer, and they piped spooky noises into the sewer Uh while they were in there. (laughs) They don't make arcs like they used to, Andrew. When will someone send me into a sewer? (laughs) (laughs) Got my cask of Amontillado ARG. If you all want to follow me, I've got some clues in the basement. (laughs) I would like more sewer mysteries in (laughs) ARGs. Please. More sewer mysteries in ARGs. More sewer mysteries. And, and again, I think that's, like, the kind of thing that you could only really do in, like, an early aughts arg, where, like, people didn't really know what to expect. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, like, I, I... Oh. Yeah, I'd be too afraid that my players are going to find an actual dead body. Like, they'll be like, I don't know, that night I'll, I'll log into the forums and they'll be like, yeah, we went down to the sewers, but we found someone who was dead. And I'll be like, hold on, what? That was not a clue. Put him back, yeah. please. <laughs> Call the cops. <laughs> um, But yeah, that so they, they find this. Also, I can't imagine being the like. So you're an actor. And you are hired to play a role in an ARG. Um, And you go, great. uh, I'm excited to play this. Um, What do you need me to do for my part in this? And they say, great. Get lost in the sewer. We need you to go in the sewers. (laughs) We've drawn you a map of where you should go in the sewer. We need you to go hide there. Uh, We're going to start playing spooky music. And then some people will be in eventually. Uh, they're going to think that your name is Edgar or whatever. Bye. It's just a wild, I can't, wild to like, it's just good. They don't make them like they used to. You're absolutely right. (laughs) They simply don't make arcs like they used to, Andrew. Nope. If, if I hadn't, I, I'm sure, I'm going to continue watching Dispatches from Elsewhere. I'm sure that if it keeps up with the plot of this game, I'm 
if I hadn't watched this documentary or known that this exists, I really would be sitting there thinking, boy, they're really laying this on thick, huh? They really made up a bunch of shit for this fake game, huh? Wild. <laughs> I mean, I th- I think some of the stuff in the show is fictionalized, but <laughs> yeah. So from there, they find a device that lets them shut off the algorithm or something along those lines. I, uh, yeah, I, they get like it, they they rescue the guy from the sewer. Mm-hmm. And he has like a crystal with him or something. Yeah. Um I didn't really I didn't really follow along with in the plot what happened next in the plot of the game in that regards. Yeah. Uh, because it's well, part of it it sounds to me like the game designers didn't really either cuz we'll get to how this game ends in a minute. Um, and I think the next step didn't really, uh, doesn't really tie into that, but, um, but yeah, I'm not really sure what happened with them, but I can skip ahead to the next segment if we're ready for that. Yeah. I mean, they like, they get like the, the crystal or whatever, and it like is supposedly is going to allow them to like disrupt this algorithm that Jejun is creating that like the elsewhere society doesn't think should exist if i'm remembering correctly question mark yes i think it's one of those things where it's like they've come up with an algorithm so perfect that it would render life meaningless so we need to prevent the algorithm from optimizing human life because like there is a beauty to non-productive human behavior (laughs) i think is the like the take on it yeah and then they kind Um, of like diverge into talking about like semi-fictionalized stuff behind the scenes of the arg well they go to the 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 morgue place first right oh that's right yeah yeah yeah. i'm getting i'm getting mixed up yes they do yeah i think i think this is the coolest part of the whole documentary yes this is very Um, cool and and i i do i i i don't think we've done a, a great job of putting this out there um interspersed in all of this stuff is also um there are we 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 keep talking about them interviewing fake players but they've been interviewing real players at the same time yeah um and talking to them about like people are like yeah this cool thing that i found in the real world that happened um they talk to like one of the people that went into the into the tunnels and they have some like they have some footage that those people took too it's very funny watching those people holding like 2007 era digital cameras taking videos on their their cameras because it's like very low quality and i'm just there was a moment where i was like why didn't they just use your phone (laughs) um but this was a pre-iphone game probably like it's (laughs) it's wild seeing them do all this stuff um but they're also interviewing people and talking to people and it's really cool listening to people recounting the physical experiences they had playing these games um yeah and they also like have little interstitial segments that are like fictionalized film stuff of like ava and her friends right yeah they have they talk about the character of ava and kind of break out her 
character background that she is someone who's extra dimensional i'll be honest i don't get the ava stuff she's like very... i think that she's just like go ahead She's, like, important to the Elsewhere Society because she is, like, a physical embodiment of divine nonchalance, I think. It's something along those lines. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. To me, the, I'm, I'm never really super interested in A. There's a missing person that we need to find and bring home as, like, the plot of an ARG, um, Especially when it's like, where'd she go? Well, she's in a different dimension because she's extra normal. Um, doesn't really work for me, but I get where the game wants to play a character who is above everything and um, like the embodiment of divine nonchalance that we want to bring back to the world. You know, we got to bring the spirit of Ava back, which is metaphorically the spirit of play the spirit of nonchalance the spirit of going out into the world and seeing it instead of trying to optimize your life yeah um but yeah when that becomes a person i just kind of snoo i, I just kind of snore um yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i understand i like <laughs> i like the metaphor more than i like the the person <laughs> yeah um, sometimes it's just like that sometimes your game needs a conflict <laughs> yeah no i definitely get that well that's something that we'll get to in the ending <laughs> yep <laughs> um but then they uh but we're, we're, they they have this other segment where um the next big player event is they they, they go to this place called the san francisco columbarium uh which is a large um basically a mausoleum um that is full of glass panes and um where the people that are housed there are like behind glass panels and um have keepsakes and loving messages around them but it's like saying that makes the place sound creepy it's truly not it is a gorgeous like massive bright building um that is a fascinating mausoleum um there's like a cemetery built off to the side of it but this building is uh just gorgeous we'll have a show a link in the show note to this place and that includes pictures of it and all this stuff um it is a very cool place for them to go um and as they do they they the players are led on a um you know kind of a uh there's a lot of the a lot of the puzzles in this game are like walking tour riddles where it'll say like enter through the such and such and you have to like yeah. find the door that says such and such on it um and then once you're in that next place it'll say like you head north and you got to figure out which of those is the north passageway things like that um and as they go deeper into this place they find a boombox that has a message from Ava on it um and then they are led to like the players have to like put on blindfolds mm-hmm. and then listen as Ava is talking to lead them through to the next places and it's like the phrasing in the documentary is uh put on a blindfold and replace one of your senses with trust um which is a very 
great piece of writing and a wonderful experience. And like, you could see that the players yeah. in the game, some of them were like crying as it happened and were like, just moved. Um, and one of the players talking about it afterwards broke down and how, um, and just finding that like, the beauty of the game and the play and the feeling of the place in that event um, and how cool it was. Um, She said, you know, I've got elsewhere tattooed on my arm and my dog is named Jijun because of how much of a role this played on my life. And this moment specifically hit me. Um, It's a very great moment of the documentary. It's really good. And like, I really like how much this game did with just like sensory elements mm-hmm. it's very cool it's not something that i feel like a lot of args play with yeah i can't think of many i think that more args should do like weird tactile stuff like that yeah i i honestly i think that the biggest part of it is just that it happens in the real world yeah this is a this is a this is your your local artisanal arg um <laughs> And <laughs> more local artisanal ARGs, um, asterisk, only local if it's local to me because I want to play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then after this event, the Jejun Institute ran into a very novel problem that ARGs face, which is that money is running out and we don't know how to end it. Um, have you ever heard of an ARG running into this problem before, Marn? Yes. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, it's, it's new to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what did they do, Marn? So Jeff Hall met this guy whose name I don't remember. It's like Greg the, something, right? The documentary calls him... Gordy. Right, that's his, that's his actual name. That's yes. like his his name in real life. Um okay. but he he plays kind of like a slightly fictionalized version of himself, I would say, where he is kind of like a like a tech bro and he like talks about that he like does all these other jobs like mentoring people. He like acts as a martial arts sensei. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> And he offhandedly mentioned ninja training, and I was like, I need you to go back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and and they talk about how they became very good friends and how they kind of like worked out how they were gonna end this game together. But it Mm -hmm. was not really in a way that anybody was expecting. No. So they do a they they did a jejun seminar. Yeah, so they they told the players like they had to infiltrate the seminar and like get this like flower pod thing that was like basically a MacGuffin and they had to like take them to the seminar and like basically like I don't really understand what they were trying to do. It was, it was some like MacGuffin-y stuff where they were like you have to like take this item to the seminar and like divert the energies or whatever so they had to like go to this one-on-one meeting uh that um 
where they like watched like a film and like answered a bunch of questions and when they left they were given this like pod and like told to take it to the seminar the next day and they kind of walked in thinking that the seminar was going to be very sinister i think like they uh-huh. they had kind of been prepared for this to be like a a big like final boss battle almost and then it was just yeah. like actually a seminar <laughs> yeah it was just like a chill what you would expect like a new age i i i want my brain says a new age cult but like if it wasn't a cult like what 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 if you go to the seminar of just like people that believe in a new age idea and they're just here to have a good time and like hang out together and celebrate together and share in the experience of the room in a way that wasn't sinister or wasn't like bad or evil or anything um it was just like there to have a good time and i think the players were very judging by them like in the end where they were talking they were like i don't know what happened i was expecting a confrontation but we were just like there to chill and hang out yeah and like they jeff hall like talks about that like out of game he's like yeah we kind of did it in part because it would have felt weird to like end it on like a huge note of like conflict resolution because that wasn't really the kind of story that we were telling Uh uh-huh and like in Instead of that, what if we just, like, put them in a space where they had to continue to kind of, like, meditate and reflect on the experience? Yeah. It sounds to me, looking at the documentary, like the players did not get that at all. Right. And I I don't mean that as a negative to them, because, like, I wouldn't have either. (laughs) Right, yeah, because the players, like, after they show all this stuff from the seminar. They were like, yeah, we walked out feeling like we had lost the game. Yeah. We felt like we fucked up. Like we should have at some point stopped something, but we didn't know what we should have stopped. Right. Because they're they're told to like take their pods and like put them in water. uh, And they were like, well, we can't do that because Jejun is like telling us to do that. Um, And, but then they, they did anyway. What, yeah, it sounds like there was like a moment with the and they, they highlight it in the documentary where the moment of like this guy's like, yeah, like if you've brought like a seed pod with you, put it in the water. Um, and that was the point where a lot of players were like. This is where I guess I have to act, if anything, because otherwise I'm putting my seed pod in water. And they were like and the guy like specifically called out and was like, why aren't you putting your seed pod in the water? And the guy was like, why? should die and the guy was like because it's how you make tea um and i think that that was when the players were like i don't know what's going on i guess we'll go along with this because it seems like the game wants us to do this it it seems like the players ran into an an area where they were like expecting something to happen but eventually they were like nothing seems to have happened and it seems like it's all over so I don't know where we messed this up, but clearly I missed something. Yeah, it was very interesting to me from like a kind of a game design perspective of like what happens when your players are expecting conflict and you don't introduce any. Yeah, 
Well, it's it's weird too because they. I mean, it's not like the the game never set up any kind of conflict. They, the whole thing is about how the player should rebel against the Jejun Institute, and so to end your game with like, hey, come have a good time and hang out with the Jejun Institute, which like looking at the footage includes Jeff Hull, like he's there hanging out um in the audience i doubt they brought any attention to him as a person but like in the crowds you're just like oh okay he's there as a you know whether as a plant or an actor or just as like pretending to be a a player of the game um it was clearly like the final you know fun party weird thing that they were doing but like I don't know, in the same way that you can't end a Superman story by everyone chilling and having a good time at the LexCorp office Christmas party. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't work to have it be like, great, as an ending, we'll chill with the villains and be like, yeah, everyone's cool here. Yeah. I get it on paper. In practice, it's super weird to do to your players. It is very weird, yeah. It's like inviting your D&D group over for like you know, dinner with the villain and never betraying them, never double crossing them and never bringing the villain up again. And it's like, why the fuck did we go to that dinner? What did we do? What didn't we do? I guess kind of like the way that I would personally set it up is like have stuff happen earlier to indicate that like maybe Jejun isn't really like villainous. They're just like wanting to use nonchalance for different reasons and that's not like necessarily a bad thing but like the elsewhere society thinks that it is which i i I feel like that's kind of what they were trying to get at but Mm -hmm. they were very firmly putting the players on the side of the elsewhere society without introducing a lot of that ambiguity until the last possible second yeah it you need to do that like the second to last puzzle and then the last puzzle can be hang out and have a good time at the, like, the Jejun Institute Nonchalant Society Peace Summit. Not the, like, I don't think you can introduce it as, like, the very last moment is, like, actually, the good the bad guys are fine. Uh, come hang out with them. And you can't have the, the mouthpiece saying, actually, the bad guys are fine, being the bad guys. Yeah. Like, one of the last things is a big monologue from the guy playing um, Octavio. And it's like, okay, but you're the big bad. The stuff that you say is supposed to be wrong. Or at least we're supposed to be rejecting it in some capacity as the quote-unquote protagonists. And so having, like, that kind of feel-good speech given by him be, like, the final takeaway is just a real whiplash. And I don't think it's whiplash in the way that the game designers intended it to be yeah i feel like they felt like this was gonna like players would catch on and be chill with it after like hour one and then they would spend the rest of the time having a good time meanwhile the players are sitting there going like what the fuck are we doing how do we what do we need to how do we stop this what are we trying to stop what is anything of this yeah and like in in theory it is very cool to me but I can understand uh-huh. why the players did not like it. <laughs> Absolutely. What would be, what would an ARG be if the ending wasn't disappointing? Yeah, like I seeing it as an observer, I think it's very interesting 
to end your game in a way that doesn't necessarily promote like oh we're fighting the big bad uh but i do understand why people did not like the way that it yeah well and i think that the documentary framing is a little weird maybe they could only find like a small number of people to interview for the documentary but like it it did seem like there were a lot of people in the end that were just like i didn't get it and i felt disappointed by the ending and you'd you'd think that they would have been able to find one person who enjoyed the ending to talk to too you know yeah not not so the documentary should like you know put four people that liked it over people that didn't but like you'd think you'd find one person who could speak positively toward it other than the guy that designed it and was like i think we did a good job because otherwise it's you get the designer saying i think we did a good job and then everyone else is like no you didn't um and that's a really weird note to end the documentary on yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then well, I will say they didn't they didn't end it on them. They ended it back talking to the the woman who was at the mausoleum thing and talking about how much the experience of the game as a whole um shaped her moving forward, which is a great place to end the documentary, but you also know that like she's not talking about the ending and the Jejun thing, she's talking about the mausoleum experience and that part of the game. So it's like, okay, it feels a little hokey to but at the same time, like, hey, the climax was great, even if the falling action wasn't. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do feel like you never want to leave your players feeling like they did something wrong and, like, got the bad ending. But Is, uh, Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless they yeah. did do something wrong and get the bad ending, <laughs> in which case that's on them. Yeah, it definitely shouldn't be the, like the default ending is the bad one. Yeah. Well, not even the default because there isn't a bad ending because there's not a, like that's just the ending, but like the ending shouldn't feel like you fucked up. Yes. No, I agree. Um, But it wouldn't be an ARG if it ended well. So you're setting groundwork in everywhere. Shishun Institute. Good work. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, I mean, and that's the documentary. Um, and the Jejun Institute. So that's our episode. We did it in an even one hour. Good work, team. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what do you what do you think about the documentary overall? I liked it. I liked it the first time I watched it last year, and I still really like it. Cool. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. I, I I I don't know. This felt like. This doesn't feel like a documentary as much as it feels like um, a, 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 a company or collective or whatever Hull's group is um, documenting the experience of creating it and trying to do like their own fictionalized telling of what happened from their point of view without really interrogating the audience or really digging into some of the behind the scenes stuff it seemed more like it was just kind of stating what I, I guess literally documenting it more than it was a actual look at what happened and i i wanted it to be a bit more than it was i think um yeah i agree i mean if you're 
if you're looking for a very straightforward documentary, this is not the one for you. <laughs> no, it's very... <laughs> I I guess I wish it was more of a straightforward documentary. And I think that, that the thing that I want is not in the spirit of the thing that they made. Um, so I don't know how to look at that critically. <laughs> it's hard for me to say that the documentary is bad because I wanted something else. Yeah, um, and I and I know the, the other one they made is like even more fictionalized. Um, just like right off the bat and i i'm kind of interested in watching it now (laughs) yeah i will say when we were talking last week about um uh we were talking about turning args into like a mockumentary style thing about an arg uh this is kind of exactly what i would want um but I wouldn't i I, part of it to me is that i wouldn't document i wouldn't uh promote that as an documentary i'd promote it as a mockumentary yeah um and that's where this one kind of loses me i i like my documentaries dry and exciting (laughs) yeah yeah i like i like documentaries that are all completely true but like also just like batshit stuff happens with them absolutely absolutely what's your favorite documentary marn that's a really good question I haven't watched any like super recently. Um, oh, I, I I've recommended this one on Argonauts before. Shirkers is really good. Oh right, I remember you talking about that one. Yeah, That's you on should watch list. it. I need to see it. Hell yeah, maybe I'll do that tonight. Uh, not tonight. I think I'm streaming tonight. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. It's on uh, Netflix, I think, still. Cool. Oh, there was also one that I watched a couple years ago. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. Um, it is about a wine collector who sold like fake bottles of wine and uh, made like millions of dollars off of it until Yo. people realized that he was selling counterfeit wine. Hang on, I gotta counterfeit wine is the coolest thing I've ever. I know. Heard. Wait, I gotta I gotta look this up on Netflix. Hold up. If I just type like wine fraud into Google, okay, yeah, yeah. it's called a uh, sour grapes. <laughs> and uh and also okay. to that end there's a really good uh do you watch down the rabbit hole on uh on youtube no i don't oh down the rabbit hole is really good uh he is just this like guy who does really exhaustive deep dives into like really weird niche topics like sometimes they're internet drama related sometimes they're not uh he has a really good 30 minute video on the austrian wine poisoning that I've watched a bunch of times, which is about like an incident in Austria where uh, a bunch of wine was like poisoned without anybody noticing, uh, and a bunch of people died. <laughs> huh. Uh, what what happened was they uh, some wineries put like a toxic substance into their wines to make it sweeter. Uh, and it killed a bunch of people. <laughs> gotcha. It turns out the true crime, the true criminal was capitalism. Yeah. I like down the rabbit hole. He just put up like a two hour video uh, a couple months ago on Deep Blue, which was uh, the like uh, the IBM chess computer. Yeah. Okay. It's really interesting. <laughs> huh. If you want, actually, my favorite documentary, uh, it, it also exists on YouTube. 
It's called SM64 Watch for Rolling Rocks Point oh, yeah. x A Presses Commentated. Uh, it's the best video on YouTube if you want to yes. learn about uh, parallel dimensions in Super Mario or in uh, Mario 64. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Um, I think that about wraps up our coverage on the Institute, unless you've got anything else that you want to add. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's about all I have for it too. Uh, would you recommend the documentary? Yes, I think it's a it's a good movie. Hell yeah! Um, I think my answer is probably no, with the caveat. Um, <laughs> I think that I think that if you want to learn about an ARG, here's a good way to do it. I I it's just not my kind of documentary. I want my doc. I, I want my documentaries dry as a desert, but with wild shit happening in them. And I'm not a big fan of the, the liberties this one plays around with, but that's just my take on documentaries. I'm a boring guy. So <laughs> I, I wanted this documentary to be something that it wasn't, I think is ultimately what it is. Jeff, yeah. come on Argonauts. <laughs> No, I get that. We're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> reignite our Jeff come on Argonauts, <laughs> except now it's also to Jeff Hull. Jeff, come on Argonauts. I want to learn from you what making this game was like. I would recommend this to people with the caveat that they kind of like temper their expectations for what it is going to be. I probably wouldn't have liked it as much if I hadn't gone in already knowing that it was semi-fictionalized. That's fair. I I knew it was semi-fictionalized, and I I think knowing that just made me wonder about the documentary on a meta level more than I think this documentary wanted me to. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't think this documentary is deep enough to sustain that kind of meta analysis and critique mid watching, and I think that my viewing of it was tainted by that. <laughs> Shall we? I was about to say get to recommendations, but we don't do that on this show. Uh, what do you say we wrap this one up? I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you all for listening to our uh, Patreon special bonus episode, Media Arg Analysis, about uh, the Institute documentary. Um, as a, a general reminder, this one. Uh, this show is only possible directly because of you all supporting us on our Patreon. Uh, you all are getting this episode like a week early. So thank you all for uh, your support of the show. We really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to doing more of these in the new year. Uh, I yeah. say in the new year as if it hasn't already started uh, this year. <laughs> uh, so thank you all for listening. Uh, next time we'll be next time. We're talking about one that was advertised with an ARG. So do we, did we know what we were going to watch for this one? Oh, I don't know. Cloverfield? We're going to watch all seven seasons of Law. No. Uh, I think Cloverfield's a good plan. Let's watch Cloverfield. Cool. Have you seen Cloverfield? I have seen Cloverfield many times. I have never seen it, so we're in for a treat. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, this has been Meteor Analysis. Thanks for coming out, y'all. Have a good night. <laughs>